Daily Drive is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses continue to work together to make a difference now and shape the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio. I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive Rewind, a look back at some of our nearly 350 Daily Drive interviews with leaders from across the industry. Today, we revisit publisher Jason Stein's conversation with Hyundai Motor North America's Ola B.C. Boyle from March 17th of this year. Boyle has been Vice President of Product Planning and Mobility Strategy for the company since August of last year. She previously held roles at Ford, Daimler Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler, and Visa. Boyle is working to enhance Hyundai's lineup and pull it into a technology-focused future. And as a black woman, Boyle is helping to lead the automaker's diversity push. Last year, she was named to our list of the 100 leading women in the North American auto industry. Here's our conversation with Hyundai's Olabisi Boyle. It is a pleasure to have you on the other end of my phone line this morning, BC. How are you? I am very good, Jason. I'm glad to be with you. You know, we haven't had um, very many leading women uh, on this program because, of course, our our event was just late last year, just a couple of months ago. So you you are one of a few since our list came out. So congratulations are in order again for, for making that list and, and for being such a, a, a bright, shining light in the industry for us. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to receive that recognition. Thank you. Let's start out with a little bit of background just to ensure that, that the folks listening to this podcast have a full understanding of your background and, and, and really the fact that you, you might be at Hyundai and, and, and you might have a different, um, I, I would say more of a, a West Coast mentality now, but you're kind of a Detroiter through and through, aren't you? True enough. True enough. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, started my, um, career. Well, I started my career initially in, um, tech at IBM when I graduated, um, college, um, Columbia University in New York. And I worked there for a couple of years, but I also always wanted to get into uh, a field where I could use my mechanical engineering background. And so both my husband and I got opportunities to work starting at Ford at the Wayne Assembly Plant and uh, worked in body shop as a process engineer, um, uh, trim chassis final, and then eventually moved to product development and um went back to manufacturing ops. And then after about 12 years at Ford, ended up at um, uh, Chrysler. It was Daimler Chrysler at the time. And joined uh, product development in um, at Daimler Chrysler and worked in powertrain for a little bit and was the chief engineer of the minivan and worked at Chrysler for another eight years. And then actually my husband got an opportunity out in the West Coast to work for one of the electric vehicle startups. Um, Neo. And so we moved out here and I was going to take a little bit of a break and then it probably worked for one of the startups in the electric vehicle startups. And then um, Visa called, which seemed a little strange at the time. And, uh, but they were looking for someone to get them more um, connected to uh, the car industry by bringing in-car payments to the car. And how do you make a, a virtual credit card that 
sort of pays vendors from the car. And so I got to learn about in-car payments, got to bring my um, car background, made some um, connections with some of um, the larger uh, tier one suppliers to get connected with Visa. And it was a really great experience. And I got to learn about voice and AI and tech and tokenization and uh, consumer experience in various devices, including the car. And um, so really got to learn a lot on the West Coast. And then um, but I always sort of had, you know, a love for form and function that you get with the auto industry. You know, the, the, the beauty and the aesthetics and the design, but also the horsepower and the acceleration from a function point. And so an opportunity to work on Jose Munoz's leadership team and bring a combination of the innovation and consumer experience with what I knew from, the, from my car background um, was just an amazing opportunity. So that's how I'm here at Hyundai. Speaking of form and function, you told us back when we talked to you about the Leading Women Award that um, one of your big breaks was that chief engineer job on the minivan. But but most importantly, um, when you took that over, you, you were bringing form and function together and you were responsible, as you told us, for vehicle quality and cost and timing and functional targets, product planning. But I like what you said. You told us you're driving one day behind a vehicle and you think to yourself, oh yeah, I remember when we did those tail lamps and I remember the issues we had with those fasteners. I mean, that that was really... You, you are you are driving to work and you're, you might be in traffic and there's a minivan that pulls up in front of you and you're like, yeah, oh my God, body wanted the fasteners here, here and interior, didn't think that that's where they should go and then the trim part wasn't going to match and, and so those ideas come up to you and then you're like, but look, it came out beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's the fun part about that job. The efforts of your work, you understand the trade-offs. Everyone makes the best um, decision for, the, for the, the customer and for the product. And it, it takes a lot of effort, but it's so rewarding when you see it at the end. And you get to see your work like around you. You've been in the industry for more than 20 years. Uh, I, I guess I'd like to ask you what's been the most important change that you've seen during that time? You know, I really appreciate, especially, um, and I see it now coming back to, to Hyundai, sort of, you know, I, I, what I, these are the things I would say I learned between coming out to the West Coast and Silicon Valley area and then working in Detroit. So in Detroit, there's a respect for process. There's a respect for manufacturing. There's a respect for the detail. There's a respect for depth and core expertise and core knowledge. And that gives you a really solid foundation. I would say on the West Coast, um, there's uh, definitely an ability to be visionary and innovative and really respect the consumer experience. Um, what I love now is what I feel the auto industry can be the combination of those two because we're moving into an era of electrification and smart mobility and what are the right devices from EVs to autonomous vehicles to urban air mobility, what are the right services from the right mobility packages and the right um, um, services that actually meet the consumer needs so that you have this uh, people-centric, multimodal solutions for how people get from A to B. And we're getting, if you bring that innovation with the deep core functional expertise that exists in the auto industry, you really have a way. The next five to 10 years are going to be an opportunity for the auto industry to really shape the way people will live in the future. And um, I would say over the 20 years, seeing that evolution and seeing where we can even go further is 
so exciting and I'm really part, really happy to be back part of the auto industry in that way. One of the challenges you told us about leads to my next question. You, you said to us the major challenge that you face, especially as a woman and a black woman in automotive is sometimes people underestimate your potential. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit more about that. What did you mean? And, and then related to that, how much progress do you feel is being made toward gender diversity within this industry? Um, what I, what I meant by it is, um, when you're, when your scope of who you um, surround yourself with and sort of who you interact with and who the people are in the company is, is a, perhaps a smaller scope, um, Sometimes you might not, because that's not people you're used to dealing with on an ongoing basis, either at work or in your personal life. Um, you might have paradigms that limit you into what those people can contribute. And it may not be done out of malice or, or, or directly, but it, 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 it impacts that person because maybe you don't consider them for the next opportunity or the next promotion or the next um, uh, assignment in front of leadership um, because you're not used to that person being able to deliver in that way. And so I do think progress has been made in the industry. There's still work to be done across the industry. What I try to do from what I can control, um, promoting diversity and inclusion in the workplace has always been a personal passion of mine. And I would say right now the leadership team that I'm on headed by Jose Munoz is one of the most diverse in the auto industry. I would suggest any industry and our top leadership with Jose at um, Hyundai Motor America is really demonstrating by example, but I, I feel I'm, I'm obviously a part of this. I think it is a personal responsibility that I have to consider a diverse candidate slate whenever I have an open position and I'm looking for the best. So it's imperative that I have a wide scope. And I open it to all um, diversity that, that, that is allowed, especially because we're in such a diverse nation. But it shouldn't stop there. As potential candidates progress through the interview process and eventually get hired, I also take accountability to reach out and support new underrepresented minorities to ensure that they know you belong, you are included, your contribution that you made in that meeting is valued. And so I try to make that my approach because I take it as a, as a personal responsibility. I believe we have to have empathy for underrepresented minorities in majority-centered spaces. There's unique concerns about belonging and things we have to do with senior leaders to address pipeline issues all the way from um, entry level to C-suite. So again, once these employees join the company, we have to proactively make efforts to ensure they feel included. It's not a passive effort. Um, we have to perform additional work to make sure inclusion is a reality. And the allies need to be vocal and openly support and respect new people's ideas, both in their words and their actions. So while I do see progress has been made, I take it as a personal, personal responsibility to continue that process. I do feel blessed that I'm on a leadership team that's, that um, under Jose's leadership is really demonstrating by example. I think you just outlined a blueprint for everybody to follow. That was, that was really well stated. We'll have more with Ola B.C. Boyle after this. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, 
and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Let's talk about your role as a product planner. Uh, you're in a really interesting time in the industry, and um, you know Hyundai has has said that uh, emissions have become a major focus, as emissions are around the world. Can you talk about the recent development of some of your vehicles in in that um, the aim to create a bit of a new era at uh, Hyundai from a product standpoint? Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I'm so excited to, to be here, it's an amazing time to work at Hyundai. We have a strategic North Star vision to become a smart mobility company. And it includes having those right smart mobility devices and smart mobility surface services. Um, at what, what I find, especially from product planning, we have this unrelenting customer focus, and that's the key to successful products. We've developed a product line for today, but also for going forward that holds customer interest as primary. Um, today, we have our 2021 Hyundai Elantra Car of the Year. Um, that has three variants. It has an ice variant, N-line, and a hybrid variant that gets 54 miles per gallon. Again, consumer fuel economy is important to, to drivers. We have the new Tucson that has a hybrid and a plug-in hybrid. The very uh, specific feedback we got from for Tucson was make it bigger. It needs to be more stylish. It needs to have relevant technology features, not just high-tech features. And then we're about to reveal our new sport adventure vehicle, the Santa Cruz. So I'll, I'll wait to share those details because we just filmed the, the launch reveal for it yesterday. And um, then our Ionic 5. It's going to launch our new electrification era. And we have a whole Ionic sub-brand um, associated with that. How do, you, how do you feel Hyundai can contribute to the development of EVs for the U.S. market where, you know, conditions are not exactly as favorable, particularly from the consumer side, maybe the infrastructure side, as in other markets around the world? Well, you know, um, we, we're actually taking part of, I, I have a whole work stream aligned in, in my um, responsibilities that's designed to sort of focus on how we can support um, working with the gov- government on infrastructure, on incentives and rebates and things we need to support EV adoption. But uh, things we're taking and doing internal to um, Hyundai is um, I'll talk a little bit about our Ionic sub-brand. So we have um, this new Ionic brand. It's a critical pillar as we transform into a smart mobility solution provider. Um, it's leveraging our EV expertise, and we're going to introduce three new dedicated models over the next couple of years with more models to follow after that. And the brand's mission is to combine our current EV capabilities, you know, ultra-fast charging, spacious interior, battery supplied power, um, to have uh, in-car experiences and more relevant and seamless experiences in this new EV. And the Ionic brand sits on, on this new platform we've developed. It's called EGMP, Global Modular Platform. And um, it enables high-speed charging and capability and a competitive um, driving range. And we don't just want to have the technology that supports EV, but we want to even make the, 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 the cabin more spacious because because of this EV platform that is not just a remake of an ICE platform, it's an actual platform designed for EV. You know, you have a motor that replaces the ICE engine. You have 
climate control system that moves where the engine was. The floor is flattened. The battery is lowered. Um, the center tunnel is gone. And so this frees up space for legroom and rearrangement of seats. And so within North America, we see the future of electrification as an excellent opportunity for our company. It's in line with our strategy 2025 North Star vision. It's aligned with the Biden administration's focus on electrification. And our overall Hyundai group, a motor group, plans to sell a million units annually in global mar- markets, um, global markets. And that's why part of the reason why we introduced this Ionic sub-brand. And by 2040, we want to be fully electrified, have a fully electrified Hyundai lineup and have about 8 to 10 percent of autos um, in the global EV market. And so we're really excited. We see this as an opportunity. It's already aligned with our strategy 2025. We're really excited and really think we can contribute to the North American market. And you're not alone in that. Obviously, you're reading the same headlines that, that, that we are, and it seems that every week there is another brand that is going to uh, aim for the same North Star. How do you bring consumers along on that journey, BC? You know, um, there's, so there's, there's a piece of this for easy adoption in general, right? So how do we try to work so that the cost is, is reasonable for them? How do we make it so that they are aware of the benefits that you get from an EV? Um, cost of ownership is, is lower. You have more things you can do in the interior cabin. Um, how do we work in partnership with the government so that we say these are the things that we can um, do to sort of spur uh, EV adoption with the consumers and outline them and be true partners with them? Um, we can invest where we talk. So we've invested in a new platform. We've invested not only in battery electric, and we've invested in, 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 in partnerships on, 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 on batteries. And so uh, not only do we have battery electric, but we want to make all opportunities as we move to a zero emission um, planet-friendly world. So we've also invested in fuel cell. So we have, um, you know, our Nexo SUV, and we have our Exeunt heavy-duty um, um, heavy-duty truck. And how can we build infrastructure, even on the fuel cell side, that supports our heavy-duty truck that will eventually also support our um, commercial vehicles like Nexo? So we have a, a, the battery electric vehicle side. We have the fuel cell side. Um, we're making partnerships so that we have the right devices going forward all the way to urban air mobility and um, um, autonomous vehicles. And so I think the key thing is, how do we make this work for people in their lives? They need it to be something that works for them on on an affordability scale. Um, Infrastructure needs to be ubiquitous. I see one in every corner. I see one in every highway. We need to connect with government to say, that's what they need. These are things we can suggest. This is what we'll work on, work with you on. And we also want to promote EV adoption so that we can all together move to this planet-friendly zero emissions world. So I think as we address those different work streams in partnership, we're doing something not just for the company, but for society is overall. And I would say our ultimate um, North Star vision is this progress for humanity. And how do we bring the resources, which we've committed to financially, to um, make that progress for humanity? Well, we applaud you for your ambitious goals and, and for the dreams that you have to position the automaker where, 
where you ultimately would like to end up. And uh, congratulations again, BC, on being one of our 100 leading women in North America. And um, congratulations on your um, uh, on your uh, firm move from Detroit to California. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was great talking to you this morning, Jason. Thank you. That's it for today's Daily Drive Rewind. For breaking news, type in autonews.com. And for a library of our previous Daily Drive episodes, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.